This is UNS Talks, a podcast by the architecture and design firm UN Studio. My name is Ajax Abreu Garcia, and during the day, I work as an architect at UN Studio in Amsterdam. But in my spare time, I also run an architectural literature review blog called Review Architecture. Review Architecture is an online journal of architecture books. Its goal is to create a spark in people's minds and help people become more interested in architecture literature. Recently, for Review Architecture, I held an interview with Ben van Berko, who is the founder and principal architect at UN Studio. With Ben, I discussed the importance of UN Studio's publications throughout the years, early books such as Delinquent Visionaries and Move to the more recent Knowledge Matters. It was very interesting to hear how Ben and Caroline Boss, co-founder of UN Studio, use publications to direct their thoughts and goals as an architecture practice. We also talked about some of his influences, from his thoughts on the theorist Mark Wigley to his early education years with Mohsen Mostafabi. Of special interest was his personal take on the years he shared with Saha Hadid at the Architectural Association. So, just for the record, I work in your studio yeah. for the last four years, but I was here at the entrance and it's full of, uh, full of awards. Everything, I full of awards there, full of awards on the wall. And that speaks of the success of your office, mm. right? So I wanted some of the questions that I thought about touch a bit that of the successfulness of your office and how they collude with the books that you have published. Mm. So one of the questions, maybe I start a bit with, um, with you personal yeah. and with what I do. So what I do, as I explained, is review architecture as an online journal. And I try to take a publication and extract the value according to my specific ideology and present it to the wider audience and trying to engage in what that author put in that book, the intellectual yeah. contributions, career path, build work. So that's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah. Right? The, the books I choose are, could, could be, I don't have a particular thing that I have, like, I don't have any agenda. No. It can be any book, right? Okay. Um, so what I was wondering if, it's, uh, if, you, if there's any book that directly influence your career, either at the beginning. I know that you have mentioned uh, from the A.A. Mohsen Mostafabi yeah. and the Viennese School. So maybe, I don't know if uh, at the beginning of your career or... There's a period where there's a period where I was in the middle of my education, you could say, or a bit more to the closer to the end, I could better say. Uh, Mohsen Mostafabi was uh, my teacher at the A.A. Um, in London. And he taught me a lot about uh, uh, the Viennese school, uh, everyone around, uh, out of laws, but also the period where Freud, Sigmund Freud, was uh, mm -hmm. uh, promoting his uh, theories for the first time, and um, Gustav Klimt, and, and Kokoschka, and, and all these artists, and, and composers even. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and scientists would sit together and... and Um, like for instance Karl Kraus was a very interesting writer and criticus of the time um, and would sit all together in one room and, and that was in a way the early uh, salon and, yeah. uh, um, where people would uh, change, exchange sorry, their ideas um, and, and you know what was for me quite interesting in that period because he 
didn't learn everything about that period particularly, but also in a way how you could translate that into uh, design. So theory, architectural thinking and theory, uh, and how you could combine it and how you could tr- transform it in spatial uh, concepts. So, mm-hmm. so he was the first one to do it. But uh, I cannot mention a particular book um, out of the period because I, you know, we were reading a lot of articles uh, uh, from the time from different uh, scientists, philosophers, uh, architects, and, and many others, uh, artists from the, uh, from the time. But but there is um, there is enough to be said about the, the, that period where I read many other books. Like uh, for instance, I read a book from an uh, scientist called Against um, Method. That was Paul Feyerabend. And um, wrote about uh, the way how linear mo- models of thinking and traditional models of thinking were out of date, and, and uh, that that one should not think in methods uh, or systems, but that one should experiment with uh, rethinking A to B uh, system by wor- working and thinking more in in a network structure mm-hmm. and, and, and experiment with that network structure. What I think was later picked up by a lot of other philosophers and, and uh, cultural and, and yeah, many thinkers in, in the field, like like uh, for instance uh, Bruno Latour and also Deleuze, for instance. So against method was an, a book that influenced me because it gave me the idea that we should deviate a bit from the modernist model of thinking, mm-hmm. you know, that everything should be reductive. And be refined to to a smaller field of um, ideas and and, and, and and principles of where we make architecture to, uh, with, but think more holistically and and, and experimentally in an experimental way, mm-hmm. and um, try to discover with that new forms of um, uh, architecture. Okay, now some sense that like it was very influential to you. Yeah. yeah. And it was not. It was more of an explanation of a method rather than uh, reviewing other architects, or right? Yes, as far yes. as I understand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but yeah. I, I've, of course, I read architectural books and manifestos. Maybe. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I mean, I, I was as as fan, as much interested in um, yeah philosophers, scientists, and uh, other thinkers. Um, okay. I I heard you in an interview say that Mark Wigley is your favorite theorist, right? So I'm just wondering if it still is the case, and what is it that you like about about his method and his way of talking about architecture? I might have said that in in the discussion of uh, who were today contemporary philosophers or architectural ah, okay. thinkers, uh, and and I think I mentioned him because. Someone asked me, who do you think is an interesting architect? And I said, well, this is not maybe the architect you consider as an architect, but he's an architect. Mark Whitley is an architect. Yeah. He's educated yeah. as an architect. And I think I mentioned there that, that it is so interesting that he, he, he is quite a critical mirror to the profession. He mm-hmm. sometimes uh, provokes architects and, and makes them aware of of their own, um, yeah, maybe maybe uh, 
complexity, namely mm -hmm. their own kind of uh, um, uh, hermetic uh, way of uh, thinking. You know, he's, he's someone who, who said once that he doesn't like to write about architects anymore because then he comes into the difficulty of uh, not being able to fully uh, be that uh, mirror and, and be mm -hmm. critical. Uh, because then you get contradictory uh, kind of interests, uh, maybe. Um, uh, so he said um, that he would only, uh, um, for that reason, promote and write only about dead architects. Okay. <laughs> Put a bit of distance between that. Uh, talking about influences, I, I know also that Zaha Hadid was, was part of your influence. And I was reading this book, or I read this book with uh, Hans Ulrich Ubrist, where they make interviews throughout many years of, yeah. of their relationship. And I don't think Zaha Hadid is famous for her theory as much as for her form and for her geometry, geometrical yeah. constructs. But you can tell she really knows, obviously, how to talk about space and, and her ideas, her research. So I was wondering if you could talk about that, about maybe her input on your sort of thinking. Yeah, but I, no, she was very important for me and... Um quite amazing that she as an uh, architect became so known as people in the street they know her name and it's unbelievable she she became maybe of the second modern phase of architecture you could say that she became one of the most powerful uh, and influential architects uh, around and 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 strange enough, I felt that already that she would go there uh, when I was a oh. student of her because she was quite powerful as a teacher too. She could endlessly talk about um, the way how you could, um, through the size of drawings you make, for instance, we were never allowed to draw uh, smaller than one meter by two meters uh, drawing. Mm -hmm. It was not allowed. I mean, in the beginning I came in with some of the, you know, with a sketch on the day three, and then, you know, she, She didn't like that. She, it was too small. She needed, we needed to work always on big, uh, big yeah. drawings. And uh, even when it was a sketch or an, an analytical uh, urban study, then it had to be big. And her belief was that that would promote you to think in bigger gestures, in, 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 in being uh, not afraid to, to open up your ideas, to be creative, etc. And, and from her I learned really um, also to cook because um, strange enough I mean when when I was a student I was actually only with five students in the class because you no. don't want to have more in the, in the group and, and it was really interesting that she then would uh, call me and ask to phone all the other students and it was sometimes around four o'clock in the afternoon and then she would say yeah uh, if you have called everyone please come my way um, and then buy a chicken on your way Is that chicken? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, because, uh, you know, we need to eat. I said, oh, yes, okay, I'll buy chicken on the way. So then I bought food and uh, we would cook together first for a while and then uh, I learned from her, um, you know, how to cook uh, really the most outrageous, beautiful rice. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and then after cooking we would uh, eat, of course, and then uh, would have our tutorials and then we would go through all the projects and, and we would have a wonderful evening. Wow. So she was quite uh, unusual and funny and uh, out outrageously and 
personal also in a way how she would approach you while you were a student and, and right. uh, would give you a lot of attention but in, 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 in a very in a very personal way I mean through that idea of cooking I thought in the beginning well that was a bit strange but then later I understood more why she wanted to have the, these uh, relationship with her student because you got to know her really much better and and through her you got to know yourself much better mm -hmm. and she was really reflecting a lot about the way how you could develop your own talent and your own passions and your own desires to grow as an as an architect well you don't forget there were many students of zaha who developed quite interestingly uh, in, in in many directions like yeah there are many examples, yeah, many examples. Yeah. To me it's good to hear, or interesting, because I, for me it's just a famous person and I cannot relate to her on a personal level, but of course she was, like, you, you met her as a person and yeah. you, you spent time with her, quality time with her, not only as... Yeah, and, and, and like what you said about theory and architecture, I mean, she, she was a highly fanatic reader, a lot of people thought that she was not in theory and that she, because she was not maybe the the most active on writing but, but she had a very um, yeah very brilliant very open and well articulated uh, mind no. yeah yeah and, and she, yeah so so theory for her was only to be connected there where it was activated with the the, the, the making of things okay um, I wanted to transition into just really quickly I found this book that's called Delinquent Visionaries, yeah, yeah. and I saw that it was published in '93. And if the studio started around '88, just I was just wondering about that. Like, how, why was it important to publish a book in the beginning of your career? Yes, I mean it was a collection of uh, articles we had in that time. Uh, Caroline and I had written papers like the, the, the main paper in Holland Volkskrant mm -hmm. and, um, and and or you know um, magazines like uh, you know architectural magazines art magazines and you know we wrote for many many um, uh, fields or in many fields uh, and, and on many topics we have always used these articles as ways to also discover a bit more about ourselves Mm -hmm. of where we wanted to go to with your studio and how it could um, um, what could influence us and so it was a book full of fascinations and, and interest of, of topics we were um, yeah, just following over the last few years mm -hmm. so it, it, it was written in maybe five years time eh? okay so it took a longer time a long time yeah, because I've, I've heard that the, the book Move could be why you started to become more famous. And I was wondering, what do you think? A book can help you to promote your ideas. In a way, Move was a manifesto yeah. of the real human studio we wanted to be. Uh, at okay. the time, we, we had not fully formulated all the ideas for your studio, but we projected them in Move and... It was for that reason maybe also a manifesto for myself. Okay. You know that I wrote my own, uh, yeah, um, ambition list of things I believed uh, mm -hmm. that would change in the profession, like the role of the architect, 
the way how we uh, had to work less with uh, linear models, like I explained before. Um, uh, I believe very much that the architect should not stand anymore in front of a whole orchestra, but that, um, that it should walk uh, through the specialists where you work with together in a network organization. So the idea of being united, uh, UNC stands for this united network mm-hmm. uh, studio whereby collaborations uh, and strategies, new strategies of working were the essence of uh, UN Studio. And that was. That was in essence what we said okay. in the uh, UN uh, Studio's first uh, manifesto, you could say. Okay. Um, Brett still said that architecture's most enduring material is a written word. Criticism leaves us architecture, not, not for it. You kind of answer this, but how important is it for you to write about architecture? And could your buildings exist without writing about them? No, I... I think that that we have been, or we have proved in a way, we have proved that over the years that that writing and teaching us, uh, writing and teaching and experimenting within the field is as important as to have a, a practice of architecture. Because the the two or the three um, elements of, of uh, being in that practice or in the field uh, gives you the opportunity to to, to place a reflection or a mirror to your own development as, mm-hmm. as an architect. And that it helps you also to further develop the, your own ideas, your own, your own uh, ambitions. And uh, yeah, for that reason we have been always writing and, and, mm-hmm. um, and still write. Um, but, but of course, I mean, I've, I've similarly as, as you can see in in, in so many other architects' uh, manifestos, that writing itself is not helping if you don't experiment with the making and the production of architecture itself. Um, um, so, what, what the ambition was of um, Even Studios' uh, idea of uh, working with new techniques, for instance, and, 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 and that was, you know, in the earlier time when we talked uh, in Move about. Mm-hmm. Um, computational strategies and being uh, quite strategic on that level and and, and use uh, new ways of reading a site through data and I'm talking about 93 and 94 <laughs> uh, and, 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 and the deep planning period you could call it that, because we talked about deep planning in that mm-hmm. time um, gave us ideas uh, on the way how you could start to rethink uh, the way how, how architectural spatial ideas were um, having an, an, a new type of effect mm-hmm. on, on the user. Like the modernist model of uh, experience spaces, uh, in the theoretical model of uh, Gideon's theory, for instance, spaces were to be seen as a modernist, like, you know, I'm the camera and I see everything in front of me mm-hmm. and if I move through a space and you can see that in the work of Le Corbusier back, uh, these two had also mm-hmm. quite an intense dialogue of course uh, then, then you meander as a camera through the home or through the city uh, but, but, but in all idea of um, um, the future of, um, of spatial uh, thinking uh, the computer played a very important role and 
take for instance the Murphy's house or the Mercedes-Benz museum where we have a double spiral I, I, I discovered that maybe through new, new ways of perceiving space that spaces could follow you or crossing uh, you, you uh, and that, that you might develop a much more kaleidoscopic vision of the space through the movement of uh, space. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, yeah, these ideas came through the experiments of writing, testing new types of geometry through new types of mathematical models we developed, and, um, and, and, and of course producing architecture in itself. Yeah. Um, we're running a bit out of time. <laughs> yeah. No, I just was wondering because we talked about delinquent visionaries, and then we talked about Move, which was 1999, and now we came to Knowledge Matters, yeah. which was published a year ago, two years ago, and published by Frame. And it's part a monograph, part manifesto, but also it's a compendium of all the successful projects that UN Studio has had for the last 30 years. So I was just wondering if you could extract. One idea that you like about the book, or one potent idea, what is it about? Yeah, the title itself says it already, that knowledge can transform itself into uh, a built object. Uh, that it is not anymore about the classical ingredients where architecture work with, from geometry to light and you know dealing with acoustics and materials. We, we say if you put the right amount of... Um, process and knowledge into uh, computational strategies for instance or the way how you work with specialists like today we as you know we invite mm-hmm. sometimes um, <laughs> a neuroscientist to a yeah. futurologue uh, you know that type of knowledge I think architects were, were not working with uh, 20 years or 30 years ago so we we, um, we believe that the performance of, of the way how you bring knowledge together mm-hmm. in the building process Will also change the performance of the building, um, and, and and now we talk even about. Uh, so in that sense, uh, you know, maybe that that book was also in form of a manifesto, because now luckily enough we we uh, translate that already in in projects, and particularly maybe not only project but uh, in an, uh, in an, a new company called Human Sense, mm-hmm. whereby self-learning environments and the idea of um, sensor technology connected to a new type of uh, intelligent uh, uh, um, ways of uh, um, guiding uh, spatial uh, organizations is, is, uh, is something that came out of the book. Okay. Last question. Um, yeah. I recently read uh, Delirious New York. Yeah. And I'm a bit ashamed because I never read it and it's kind of a classic. So I was just wondering if there's one book that you haven't read that you, it's in your reading list that you haven't, like one of the classics. It, it's interesting that you ask me because I I find it very difficult to answer because I, I'm quite a fanatic reader. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> completed reading list. Okay, well maybe. But there is maybe somewhere, and you can probably find a book, you know, <laughs> going back to the history of. Uh, Architecture and theory, what I have not read, but I, you know, I, 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 especially in the in the years uh, I have developed uh, an interest also outside the field. Um, 
I sometimes I go back to you know books like Complexity and Theory, mm-hmm. or you know the most important uh, manifestos, uh, you know from the Futurist to uh, to yeah uh, Le Corbusier and and even you know modern uh, manifestos. Uh, we can think of uh, related to the in, uh, ideas around the international style, where we are also familiar with. Um, no, there are many books I haven't read. I can promise you. <laughs> in my field, I read a lot. <laughs> oh, good to hear. Wonderful. And that's it from this edition of UNS Talks. If you would like to read the interview with Ben Van Berkel for yourself, or read some of my architectural book reviews, you can find a link to review architecture on the podcast description. You can also follow Review Architecture on Facebook or on Instagram at review underscore architecture. In the meantime, be sure you like and subscribe to UNS Talks on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean or your preferred podcast provider. Until next time.